This is Our Community Now with Jeffrey Herbert. What's up, foodies? My name is Jeff Herbert. I'm one of the writers here at Our Community Now, and we're here with our esteemed restaurateurs host, Larry Hers. How's it going today, Larry? Uh, it's going great, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, the reason why we have you here today is we want to talk about your upcoming season of restaurant tours, which I believe is season two. That's correct. Yeah. So tell us about all the good stuff that's uh, happening. Well, season one was a dream of mine, and it was uh, quite enjoyable. We did 20 episodes, uh, finishing with a, a recap of episode 20. We saw a little bit of uh, everything around town, from dive bars to the finest steakhouses and everything in between. Met a lot of interesting people. And now we're heading to season two. We've uh, already filmed six episodes. We're going to release our first one uh, on Tuesday the 10th, and that's going to be Bacon Social House. This season we have uh, better everything, better restaurants, better equipment. I'm better. We know we're doing better. Uh, editing is better. Yeah, really fired up. Great list of restaurants. Excellent, man. Uh, would you be willing to give us a sneak preview of any of the restaurants coming up? I would. Oh, excellent. Uh, so as I said, uh, we, we started with the new Bacon Social House in Littleton. Mm -hmm. uh, gorgeous place. Uh, obviously, bacon's the theme there. They have an incredible rooftop, so we filmed on the rooftop. Uh, we, uh, we now have a drone this season, so we got some drone footage of Bacon Social House. Uh, my favorite restaurant in town is uh, doing an episode. We've already filmed, and that's called Safta, an Israeli restaurant in the Source Hotel. Uh, Smokin' Dave's Barbecue, T Street Roadhouse in Lakewood, uh, Urban Sombrero, uh, Albert, another barbecue place, uh, and then... Uh, this season, we want to get uh, more around the metro area and not just be limited to Denver. So you'll see us, uh, we'll do an episode in Colorado Springs, uh, Fort Collins, and Boulder, and Broomfield. Oh, excellent. So kind of giving people who live in Littleton, Centennial, Arvada, like exactly. you said, Colorado Springs, some options closer to home if they want to run out on like a weeknight or Yeah, you know, I'm working on, uh, quiet for, weekend. for Arvada, I'm working on Steuben's. Okay. Uh, I think we'll be filming them. I'm meeting with them tomorrow. Um, and uh, in Boulder, I'm working on a Steakhouse 316 that came out of Aspen. Um, uh, I'm going to be having dinner there next week, and we'll be discussing uh, being on an episode of this. And, um, yeah, people are really excited. The quality is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, everybody wants to be on the show, which is, you know, different than season one where people are like, who are you? What? Why would I? Who? Uh, I kind of just used my friend connections there and guilted people into doing this the episodes. Yeah, definitely. And kind of um, talking about your connections in the restaurant industry, um, if I'm correct, how how long have you been in the industry? Is it thirty some odd years? Or yeah, yeah, that's nice. I don't mean to date you on the air, but <laughs> jerk. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so how many years experience do you have in the? At least in the Denver I mean, scene. It, it, I mean, you were close. <laughs> Third. Uh, yeah, I was 29, 29 years in the restaurant business. I started out uh, uh, as a host at Tavern on the Green in Manhattan, which at the time was the largest and busiest restaurant in the world. We were doing $26 million a year. And, uh, yeah, try running the door there. Uh, that's, that's a good way to start. And then I managed restaurants in Manhattan uh, all around the city. And then I drove out here uh, when I was 27 and opened up my first restaurant here, uh, Carmine's on Penn, in 1994. 
and since then, I had five others, including my last one, which was 730 South, which was on University Boulevard for 18 years. And I shut that down two years ago to come do marketing for restaurants. Yeah. So needless to say, you know your way uh, around a restaurant a little bit. Um, yeah. In my restaurants, I have done everything. I've yeah. been uh, the manager, the chef, the busboy, the janitor, whatever it takes. So, yeah, when, when, when I'm having these, uh, the show, uh, I know their pain and I, I know what they've gone through. Um, and, yeah, it helps, of course, to know the lingo. And, yes, I know... A lot of these guys from being in town and they know me and and there's a certain level of trust that I will make them look good and that that's that's what the show is about I, I I'm here to promote restaurants I'm not here to tear down any restaurants and um, uh, so far yeah the restaurants have been thrilled with uh, the work we've done excellent excellent and I know you've uh, you've been to quite a few you want to talk about some of your favorites yeah um, we'll start with uh, with season one um, we went to uh, uh, Ashkara, which is a, a Middle Eastern restaurant in the Highlands. And the idea why I want to do that episode was because Ben Higgins, The Bachelor, is one of the owners. So I thought, oh, if I get Ben on the episode, it will help boost the episode because he's got a million followers. Well, then, you know, I, I met him, had a nice interview with him. And then I met the chef, Daniel Asher. Well, I had never met him before, and I loved him so much. I mean, we got along so great. He was so interesting and passionate, knowledgeable about food that I'm like, do you have any other restaurants? And he, he has another restaurant in Boulder called River and Woods. So we went up to Boulder and filmed his second restaurant, had another episode with him. I mean, if you watch either of those episodes, you're like, holy cow, this guy is brilliant and, and eloquent and interesting and, and a sweetheart, too. Cool. And that's awesome because... I don't know. I, I love food, but I don't know if I would consider myself a foodie. And just reading all of the food journals in Denver, I don't think I've ever come across that name. So now I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. He because, also has a you know, mother tongue is his, okay. which is in uh, Broadway market. And now they opened a second one up uh, a tributary. Uh, it's a food hall in golden. Um, so yeah, he's expanding pretty quick and, um, yeah, super interesting guy. I loved uh, Avelina. was an amazing ah, episode. Yeah. Gorgeous restaurant. I've never been a huge duck fan, but that duck was a 10. Just incredible. Like, what people don't realize when you film a show like this is generally you're not eating the food hot. You know, it's, right. it's sitting around for a bit after, you know, the videographer has to take some video of it. There's some pictures of it. There's a lot of talking. Well, that duck, a half hour later, was still crispy and juicy and it was mind-blowing. I actually went back uh, to Avelina this week and had lunch. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I had a um, grilled cheese with braised short rib in it. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It was incredible. <laughs> well, good thing I had lunch uh, before coming and doing this with you, or else I'd be I'd be starving by the end of it. Well, you probably will be anyway. Um, What's funny is, is people people think that I'm a foodie, and I don't consider myself a foodie. Really? You don't consider yourself a foodie? No, I'm just a guy who likes to eat food. What guy doesn't like to eat food? Like, I'm not a... Well, true. I'm not really a snob. If you look at my, at, at Ocean Eats on Instagram, or even the show, you see, like, I love wings, I love burgers, I love pizza. I mean, that's not a foodie thing. That's, that's just being a man. Yeah, definitely. When I like how your show includes a lot of, um, I, I don't want to call them dive bars, but like, 
No, they're know, dive bars. Dive, Piper Inn's a dive bar. Diver, divier places yes. that are, you know, they're not small plate. They're not pretentious. You know, you can just go get a good, solid meal and without, I, yeah. And that that frills. is what I want for this show is that I want it to be, you know, restaurants that that people can go to any time of, of the week. And then, yes, also throw in some special occasion ones. And that's that's what I like to eat. You know, I, I, I like to eat a variety of food. I don't go to the most expensive places all the time. Um, and then also the, some of the best people you meet on the season are the people that own the dive bars. I mean, like specifically, let's talk, as you know, I know you love the Piper Inn like I yes. do. And Jed, and, you know, he's third generation and just doing everything now as a 50-year-old restaurant and serving wings and Chinese food in a dive bar. It's, it's a great story, and I, I want people to get to know the people behind the stoves, behind the registers, that, that you don't ever get to see what Frank Bonanno is really like or Troy Gard, you know, the, the famous chefs in this town. Right. You, you've heard their names, but you never hear them speak because you never get to meet them. So that's, that's the, what I want to accomplish with this show is get to know the people that make these restaurants run. Yeah, definitely. Well, and being a restaurateur yourself, um, you understand how much work and how much, uh, I guess, passion and how much a part of themselves that these restaurants are to these restaurateurs. So that's, uh, you know, it's kind of neat to highlight um, not only the restaurant as a celebration of food, but an expression of the chef as well. Um, So... What I explained to, to every restaurateur uh, that, that uh, before the interview is this is just going to be two old restaurateurs just shooting the shit, just talking about, you know, their passions, how they got into the business, trading war stories. Um, yeah, and, and, and I may not be um, the most eloquent host. But uh, well, you're from New York. You don't have to be. <laughs> you just have to tell it like I, it is. I do tell like it is. I am direct and to the point. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they appreciate that. It's, that it's just it's not it's just two people having lunch. That's really what it is. Yeah. Well, I think that's fantastic. Well, thank you very Speaking much. Speaking of war stories, is there any are there any war stories you've heard or from your own personal experience that you would be willing to share? But sure. <laughs> Remember, uh, this is going to be public. Well, that's fine. So, so I, I've often thought about writing a biography, and, and my, the name of my biography would be Shit Happens, My Life in the Restaurant Business, because anybody who's owned a restaurant has had to clean up quite disgusting messes in their bathrooms. <laughs> it's just, you know, what are you going to do when, when something disgusting happens? Are you going to go get... Uh, somebody to clean it you know you're gonna go get the dishwasher i mean that's not very cool so the owner does it at least i do i don't know what other owners do and, and then it, you take chimichangas off the menu <laughs> 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 the, uh, i will tell you that that uh at my last restaurant somebody dropped a deuce in the urinal <laughs> <laughs> so that okay. was not fun to clean up well i'd that takes skill, though. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I want to ask you how you did that, but then again, I don't know if I want to know. I use my my hands. <laughs> and then it was back to the kitchen to. Uh... All right, so um, yeah, what do you think is missing from the Denver food scene? So the the biggest issue, and it goes both ways, because people are always complaining about late night food. 
that there's no nothing open late night. And part of it is because this is just not a late night town. People have not supported it. Everybody says they're going to do it and they try it and they stay open, but they don't do much business. People are not eating dinner at 10 o'clock here. So until the whole scene changes and you have people, more people moving, which they are always from New York and California. You know, in New York, we go out for drinks at 8, dinner's at 9. That's normal. No restaurant. You can walk into any restaurant in the city at 9 o'clock and, and get a table, no matter what, how hot it is. Mm. People just don't eat that late in this town. And then people do always ask me about uh, pizza. Um, there really is still no great New York-style pizza in this town. There's acceptable ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, now at least we have bagels. We do have Rosenberg's. Uh, True. Rosenberg's can, can hold up against a New York bagel. Um, but no, uh, in the 26 years now I've been in this town, I mean, it, it sucked when I got here. I mean, there was nothing. That's why I opened my first restaurant. Literally, I could not find just a good plate of pasta, just a simple marinara, mm-hmm. a good gravy, you know, some garlic knots. And, yeah, so that's what I called my dad. I'm like, I'm going to open a family-style Italian restaurant. He's like, all right, send me a business plan. And, and that was what became Carmine's on Penn. And, and I obviously found a niche because still open 25 years later. And, um, yeah, nobody, there, there was nothing like it in this town. Sure. Yeah. Not to mention, you got a, you did get to meet a few celebrities who've dropped by, including um, uh, Mick Jagger, uh, right? I've served, yeah, at Carmine's. We served the Rolling Stones, uh, Celine Dion, Michael Bolton, Robert Redford, the whole Avalanche team. I've traveled and practiced with the Avalanche. They brought the Stanley Cup to Carmine's on Penn. Uh, yeah, it's, it was it was quite a run. It was two months uh, in advance to get a table. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I was pretty good at 27 years old opening up that, that little restaurant and keeping now it's open for 25 years. I, I definitely hit a home run there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you mentioned, that was you know, quite a while ago. How have you seen the restaurant uh, scene change since you opened Carmine's? I mean, the, the biggest thing is now we have better chefs, more variety, uh, more ethnic food. Uh, certainly social media has changed the scene. Uh, uh, so many food bloggers out there, so many Instagrammers, um, and Yelp, uh, which of course there's no restaurant owner that likes. I don't know if you've ever seen the Anthony Bourdain rant on uh, on uh, elite Yelpers and how it's an oxymoron like jumbo shrimp. Yeah, we hate Yelp. <laughs> All right, man. Well, then if you had fifty dollars. <laughs> I know I've asked you this before, but if you have $50 to treat yourself to any restaurant in Denver, where are you going and why? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm addicted to Softa. I can't help it. I'm obsessed. Um, Alon Shia, a James Beard award-winning chef, comes to Denver. I mean, out of anywhere in this country, he chooses here. And I stalked him before it even opened. I was so excited and got myself an invitation to the opening and like I said, we, we filmed a vision of uh, 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 restaurant tours there uh, just last week. And what it is is he's so humble, and it's all about community and sharing food and reconnecting. When you get there, you just you don't, you don't even notice that it's happening, but you unplug and you unwind and you're tearing pita and everybody's dipping and passing. Uh, it, it's what food should be. It's like being at his house. Um, yeah, that's where I, um, yeah, I'm uh, kind of obsessed with them. 
Excellent. And why do you think, uh, what, you mentioned he was a James Beard award-winning chef. I know he's not the only one in town uh, as of recent. Why do you, what do you think it is about Denver that it attracts, uh, you know, people who could make it in New York or L.A. or San Francisco? Well, yeah. So as my, my other favorite restaurant in town right now is Uchi, and they came out of Austin, Texas, a sushi place, which I know you wouldn't think Austin and sushi, but what they do is so unique and mind-blowing. Uh, every dish has unique flavors to it. And again, he chose to come here from, for a second restaurant out of, out of uh, Austin. And what it is, my opinion, is they just see and they hear about the exploding dining scene here. And, you know, you don't want to go to New York, California, and compete with all that. Where you're the, you know, small fish in a big pond. It's better to be, come here and be the big fish in a small pond. And those guys definitely took over this town from the time they opened. I mean, everybody's talking about them. They're packed restaurants. So they definitely made good decisions coming here. And they're not done. There's more coming uh, in Cherry Creek. Uh, this week is a uh, French restaurant that I'll butcher the name of, but basically La Bibliothèque, something okay. like that. Uh, Does that translate to the library? I think so. Oh, okay. I bet I said it wrong, but uh, major player out of Manhattan. Okay. Opening in Cherry Creek, a massive space. I want to say it's like 8,000 square feet. Interesting. You uh, think they're going to go head-to-head with quality Italian? Because I know they're... Some New York boys, too? Nah, I mean, it's such a different, I mean, Italian versus French. But since you brought up quality Italian, that chicken parm is unbelievable. I would agree. It's a pizza. Chicken parm pizza. Who would have thunk that? I know, right? And And who would turn that down? And you drizzle honey on it. Why would you put on? But it works. Yeah, it's true. Well, then, um, I guess that kind of leads me to my next point. You, in your personal opinion, would would you consider Denver a foodie destination and why yeah i'd say that people are definitely coming here from around the country uh we're definitely getting noticed um you see us in major publications uh call down in rhino got into um uh what magazine was that uh not gourmet help me out bon appetit bon appetit thank you top 10 new restaurants in the country wow right Uh, here in denver yeah and it's uh you know, nothing fancy, just a nice, they do everything right. They have another restaurant right next door called Beckon, a Beckon call. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, a really great place. And to get, to get noticed on the national scene like that, yeah, it, uh, we're, we're definitely an up-and-coming city that people are talking about. And, you know, you can't be Bon Appetit. Yeah, definitely. When I think in my own personal experience dining uh, around the country in the limited capacity that I have, Denver's actually relatively affordable. You know, yeah. you can get a fantastic, uh, you know, a, a, a magazine-worthy meal for under $20 at I, some places. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. You know, when I do this show, obviously, I don't, I'm not paying. I don't even get to choose the food. It's, you know, whatever they want to feed me. So I don't always see the menu. But, uh, you know, when I do eat out on my own dime, yeah, it's very affordable to eat out in this town. Um, but, you know, in Manhattan, there's, there's places, too. There are plenty of inexpensive eats. In all these cities, you know, yes, the nicer restaurants are ridiculously expensive. Right. In those cities, um, where we're probably ten dollars an entree less for the for the same exact okay. product. Obviously, the rents are cheaper, and the uh, the cost of goods are cheaper. Uh, labor's cheaper here, so the restaurants can okay. afford to charge less. And speaking of not choosing your own food, 
I want to ask, you don't have to name the restaurant, but I want to ask, is there a dish that you received that you didn't care for? Not because it wasn't good, but it just because it wasn't, you know, your particular taste. Uh, I, I now <laughs> warn the restaurants when I go in, no mushrooms and no avocados. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do those. I want to do them because you're supposed to like them, but um, I will tell you, um, I, uh, I have not... I don't recall anything that, that was bad at all this whole season. Um, no. I'll tell you, I, I, I uh, get to judge a contest in, um, called Chef Showdown and Mr. Tuna, and uh, that's a mystery box contest, and you, you, they have three items, and they have a half hour to make however many dishes they want to make, and I've had some disgusting food there. I will tell you that. Uh, inedible, but you know they're under the you know they're under the time clock and they're under pressure and they don't really have time to to taste before they send it out. Sure, and I imagine on the other end you've had some uh, things, whether it be at Chef Showdown or at any of your restaurant tour um, restaurants that you've been to that have just absolutely blown your mind. Soft is one of them, uh, but are there any dishes yes. that when you go to sleep at night and you close your <laughs> eyes? You can start to smell it. You can start to taste it. You start drooling. I'll tell you that my, my first holy shit moment on camera, and really may have been my only one the whole season, was at, um, at Esther's, uh, which is really one of my favorite restaurants ever. Um, pizza, wings, great beer, unique flavors, unique menu, not pretentious at all, really great friendly service. They made me a, a pork belly sandwich, on, on, they made their own focaccia with a over easy egg, that was a 10. I was like, my mind was blown at how good that was. That, I'd say that's the standout dish from, from season one. Um, and then uh, I'll tell you, for season two, uh, coming up, you'll get to see Crush Pizza. Uh, they make a lemon ricotta Sicilian. So light and airy, just the right amount of lemon. And you think, you look at like a, a, a slice and you're like, Really, you know, like that's a slice. It's so filling because it's you know if you know Sicilian, it's a thick, thick uh, slice of pizza. It that's a ten. Yeah, love that. Awesome, man. I know you just mentioned um, that you had the pork belly sandwich at Esther's, and that kind of sparked a thought in my mind. Okay. Um, and that it, that thought is, I'm I'm see, in my own personal dining experience. I'm seeing the same things yes. show up on menus at a lot of trendy places. Pork belly. Yes is one of them, obviously. I eat a lot of it. A lot of pork belly. There's uh, the shishito peppers, yes. which seem to be another popular one. Um, burrata. Burrata is another one. That's Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. All things that were on no menus 10 years ago. And, like, whoever does the PR for the Brussels sprout people, the farmers of, and shishito people, I mean, kale, that's what I used to garnish my salad bar with when I worked at Beef Steak Charlie's in Manhattan. You threw it out after. Uh-huh. I never thought anybody would be eating kale. I mean, that's some brilliant marketing. That is. It's <laughs> kind of funny, too, because people aren't even... Re- I don't even see people really eating kale so much anymore. Oh, no. They, Do they, they? Oh, God, Okay, yeah. maybe that's just my own personal diet. Oh, God, the kale Caesar? I see that everywhere now. Okay. Okay, so that's another one. So you're kind of seeing these. Is that is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? I mean, like, I, I love burrata. It's one of my favorite foods. Okay. Um, actually, the burrata Pizza Republica from season one. Uh, I think you've had that as well with yes. the roasted garlic and the pepper du peppers and perfectly crisp crostini with it. Uh, that burrata is my favorite in the city. Okay. Interesting. 
Well, cool. Uh, one other question I did have for you, as long as Jerry doesn't cut us off. Are we still good, Jerry? How much longer do we have? Just keep riffing? Are you going to go through all this? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to... I'm done. Okay. Well, well, we'll be sure to do that at some point. So, anywho, since I'm having fun with this... <laughs> That it's makes all one about of, you. That makes one of us. Yeah, well, you're the guy that gets to go out and eat at all the places for free. So yeah. it's hard to feel bad for you. <laughs> I have the best job in the city. Yeah, you just, it's up there. <laughs> of course, I get cars to test, so that's pretty cool. Anywho, if you were to open a restaurant in Denver, what type of restaurant would you open? Uh, I've had a dream, and this could be in any city, and why I've never seen this, uh, I have no idea. So I haven't patented this yet, but why is there no drive-through pizza? Yeah, well, I guess besides the Kentucky Fried Taco Huts that exist, you're right. Yeah, it doesn't even need you don't even need seating. Double drive-through, kind of like Good Times. Yeah, I mean pizza is very easy to eat in the car. It's obviously already cooked, so you can do it fast. Um, yeah, I'm pizza. Pizza's my thing, and yeah, there's no way to grab a quick slice anywhere. All I right. would put it on every campus around this country. Okay. Well, if you guys never hear from Larry again, you know he's pursuing his dream for uh, drive through pizza. Never going to happen. My wife says <laughs> I can open up my next restaurant with my next wife. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, I just lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was going to ask you next. Okay. Oh, I, I remember now. Um, being the person that you are, if you were ever to commit a heinous crime that put you on death row... My last meal? What would your last meal be? Or give us three. Three last meals. I mean, I know people don't believe this, and I, but you might even have asked me this before. Like, Somebody definitely recently has. There's nothing I'd rather eat than a perfectly New York-style slice of pizza that just folds perfectly, the grease running down your arms. That's, there's nothing better for me. It's like uh, piping hot, burns your mouth. Yeah, and then... You know, and then uh, I love really great sushi, like sushi den, sushi sasa, and not, you know, no rolls, just a beautiful piece of tuna. That's like candy to me. I would love me some some uh, sushi. Cool, man. Well, we'll have to get some more sushi places on the docket, right? That is a good idea. I'm going to have to think right? about that. Yeah, maybe I should you should sushi eat sasa. what you're passionate about. Sushi sasa, hit me up if you want to do an episode. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, I, I just kind of another random thought I had for you. We haven't really talked much about breakfast at all. So, you know, it's funny. If you look at my feed on, on Ocean Eats on Instagram, um, I struggle because I don't eat breakfast out or brunch out really ever. Um, so I don't have much content of that. And I really haven't had any interest in filming a breakfast place. It uh, is something I make just great at home. So I don't really go out for breakfast to eat. Of course, I'm eating out lunch and dinner pretty much yeah. every day, so it's like enough already. <laughs> There's probably another reason why. And my restaurant, uh, my last restaurant, 730 South, that's what we did best was brunch. Uh, we had the best breakfast burrito, the best eggs benedict, chili killies. And so generally I'm disappointed when I go anywhere else. Um, There's some famous ones in town that I go to from time to time, but I'm never like, oh, my God, that was so good. I I don't know. You know a great breakfast place? Breakfast King? 
Oh, yeah, man. I'm always a fan of the Breakfast King. I thought you might be. Oh, yeah. Think they would do an episode? I I live that style, that lifestyle. Yeah, heck yeah, they'd probably do an episode. Things like a time capsule, man. Yeah, never been. You should. I like Pete's Kitchen a lot, obviously, another Denver classic. I like Pete's Kitchen, but that's more like at 2 in the morning when you're drunk. Right, well, I'm drunk at 5 in the morning. (laughs) So if you do it right, hell, you might even be drunk at 8 a.m. It's 8 o'clock somewhere, right, boys? Um. But yeah, okay, so maybe maybe in the future we might see some uh, breakfast stuff, uh, but as of now, not so so many plans for that. Um, are there any cuisines you would consider distinctly Colorado or any dishes besides Rocky Mountain oysters? I mean, what people uh, when my friends come here, um, green chili is something green they chili, yeah. they don't know anything about on the East Coast. They never heard of it. It's, it's nowhere around, um, and sadly to say, my the best green chili I ever had was actually in my restaurant. And uh, my chef, Juan, he put uh, bacon grease in it. That was the key to it. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. It was so good. Do you – well, obviously, since your restaurant is no longer, where do you go to get good green chili? Um, I'd say um, come back to that. Uh, All right. Well, Jerry's telling us we have, to, we have to wrap it up. We've been having a little too much fun. Good. Make sure we cut, cut out the bit about the urinal stuff like that but i do have to ask you some questions before you go like um like we're super excited about season two of restaurant tours where can we follow you you can follow me on ocn eats on instagram and you can subscribe to my youtube channel which is ocn eats and ocn stands for our community now this has been a special presentation of our community now for more information about what's going on in your neighborhood you can visit us at our community dot com.